Welcome to Politics and Right. My name is Egberto Willis. We are going to have a great show for you today here at KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Folks, 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 first of all, before I get started, remember, like I say every single time, this is your show. While I prepare a newsletter and essay every every day for this particular program, you guys have the option to change what I'm going to talk about at any time because I repeat, it is your show. Just give us a call, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Option number two, numero dos, 713-526-573. Anyhow, folks, what are we going to talk about today? Title of the show is My Cataract Experience. Make rails public like freeways. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Cut the military budget. Anyhow, folks, it is. Uh, my cataract experience illustrates our medical reality. Why aren't our rails treated like freeways? Biden said, to show me your budget, to show me your priorities, or rather, show me your budget. Show me your priorities. Our military budget makes some suspect. It's interesting because the way I wrote that, it, it sounded good this morning. I know it wasn't grammatically perfect, but it sounded good. And now that I'm reading it on air, I'm like, what was I thinking when I wrote that? You know how that happens sometimes, Andrew? You sit down and you put some special words into something you write, and then it's like, I don't know if anybody else is going to understand it the way I was thinking it. Yeah, we uh, run into that problem all the time on ThinkWing, and uh, we actually have enough time to uh, rewrite our scripts. So, uh. <laughs> you know, I, I said, I'm, you know, I write the title, I put out, you know, I don't follow the script, but I, I put out the title and stuff. And but the people who are getting it hard hardwired on their emails. Mm-hmm. They're going <laughs> to see this. Like, oh, yeah. Egberto, what the hell were you thinking <laughs> when you wrote that? You know, uh, do you need some grammar lessons or something? <laughs> well, hey, what can I say? Anyway, guess what, Andrew? The jobs report came out today. They expected about 250-something, or I think they expected 225,000 jobs. We got 311,000 jobs. So here's my narrative. And I know you're going to want to say something about this in the long run, but check it out. Jobs report. That's, I, I didn't put that on the. I didn't say I was going to talk about that and put it in title, but it's in the newsletter. It goes like this: We had another blockbuster job report. One would think that Bi- the Biden administration would be getting supreme praise, and guess what? Our titans of finance hate it. It means they must pay employees a bit more because the American worker has some leverage now. Wall Street expected 225,000 jobs instead. And you know, they, it's not Biden, but they always, they always hit Biden. So, so Biden created 311,000 jobs. I mean, he didn't really do it. You know, it's just the economic platform that was there for it to occur. Of course, one would think that instead of continued inflated profits, dividends, and stock buybacks, that our corporatocracy would pay their workers for their good fortune. They're made, you know, more people are getting employed, which means more people are going to have money. That money is going to circulate into the economy. If it circulates into the economy, guess what happens? Economy grows even more. But that's not how they think, folks. I want to digress from my topic, for, from, my, from that for a minute. Alistair Waters, welcome aboard to Politics and Right in the Internet. Let me, let me digress a second. You know, in our society, we have a tendency to give a lot of respect to the, the stockbroker, a lot of respect to that person buying stocks and selling stocks. These people do nothing for society. They accomplish nothing. They have capital. And they use their infinite wisdom to decide where they're going to put that capital. And my contention is that they are some of the least smart people in the world. And I'm not saying that to be rude. 
I'm not saying that to be obnoxious. I am just saying, if you have an economy generating jobs, Wall Street shouldn't be going crazy about, oh my God, that means things are going to get inflated. The Fed shouldn't be getting into a panic about raising interest rates. I'll continue with the article here that I wrote, and then I'll explain why. But no, they will inflate prices to pay the extra cost for employees. And the Fed will be complicit in creating false unemployment to solve the corporate-created inflation problem on the backs of every American citizen. Let's remind Wall Street and our politicians that there are millions of good immigrants trying to get into our low birth rate, birth rate country. Remember, we have a very low birth rate. That, that would make us the envy of the world if we chose people over corporations. Just think about it. Just think about this. A lot of people trying to get into the country, Andrew, they claim we have a shortage of employees doing certain kinds of things. Oh, I see the match made in heaven. And you don't have to create inflation. You can still pay these people more because money is going to be circulating at a higher volume. It also means that even at a lower profit rate, the number of the, your, your profit volume, the amount of money you get in profit for any X corporation goes up. People. But again, remember I told you Wall Street doesn't, is not loaded with the, the smartest cats out there. What it has is a lot of people that just do brute force and they have capital and they just move stuff. But as far as finesse and smart, you know, let me tell you, Andrew, as an engineer, when we build a bridge, right, we know what everything within that structure is going to do. So if we build a bridge, if we're going to put columns in, we know that we have to either go to bedrock, and if there's no bedrock around, we figure out the, the density of the soil, the consistency, how much friction is going to hold the beam, also how much flotation we can get on that beam to, you know, to make it sure it doesn't sink. We know all those factors. Uh, the way we work in our system today, a broker just says, oh, I can make a dollar by creating this derivative. And they don't know what the derivative is based on and they create these financial instruments that they don't understand. They just know, for me, I'm making some money. And in 2008, it caught up with them with the deadly embrace. In software development, we have a thing called a deadly embrace. That is when A is dependent on B, B is dependent on C, and then A, and then C is dependent on A. That's a deadly embrace because if I have an insurance company and insurance company B insures A, insurance company C insures B, but insurance company C is insured by A, when A falls, the whole darn thing crashes. That is the, that is the intellect level of our economic system run called capitalism. And until we understand that capitalism is equal to a deadly embrace, that's the financial structure. Notice I brought up engineers. The next I would bring up doctors because when doctors were in charge of your body, they knew all the pieces that, that, and the outcomes from all the pieces. They will prescribe X, Y, and Z, and they know what's going on. In today's market system of medicine, because you have stock folks running your medicine, you go to Dr. A for something, Dr. B across the country for another, across the city for another thing, Dr. C for another thing, because all of them have their little fiefdom that is inefficient but makes a lot of money for the capital class. And you know who suffers? Your body. And who's your body? You. When we speak about creating a better system, this is not just pulling stuff out of the sky. These are saying it's not like we don't know how to do it. We simply don't have the will to do so because we have allowed a particular class in this country to indoctrinate us on fallacies, to indoctrinate us on on reality. When we realize that, and when we get out of that funk, we will do fine. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Extension number two. Extension numero dos. 
All right, next subject, my cataract experience. Man, I've got cataracts and I, I, want, to, I want to read this because this is what happened, okay? I've, I've had cataracts for over five years. And, you know, I hate interfacing with our healthcare system, always. I, I just don't like it. I mean, but I'll explain. As such, I only visit doctors or clinics as a last resort. I'm not trying to give anybody bad habits here, folks. This is just my personal experience. All the things that they tell you to do as uh, your doctor tells you to do, go do it, do it your way, etc. But I've had bad experiences. I don't eat a lot of meat. I exercise most times at 1 a.m., but I exercise uh, three to four times a week. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I have nothing against those who drink or smoke. Do all of that. But I'm just saying, in my personal sphere, that's who I am. I mean, drink a beer with a friend every now and then because I love exotic beers now. You know, Andrew, if you, if you find an exotic beer and you say, Berto, you want to try this? <laughs> I'm more of a cider man myself, but I'll keep that in mind. Oh, you, 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 damn, you damn socialist elitist. <laughs> what can I say, sir? <laughs> but anyhow, you know, I, I, so I'll, I'll drink one every now and then, you know? So now, my vision has been getting like foggier and foggier and has started affecting my reading. I am in front of a computer most of the day and the glare is reaching an unbearable point. So I went to the eye doctor. The doctor was shocked that I could read as well as I did. And when they did the glare test in a controlled environment, I was shocked at what I couldn't see. Man, I am one blind. I'm on the radio. (laughs) Okay, so... Anyhow, anyway, we determined that I must get these cataracts out as soon as possible. I was impressed with the staff, man. These guys were nice. They were great. The doctor was professional and treated me like a human being. And look, for me, that's huge. I really get good. I I rarely get good treatment at hospitals. Folks who got my newsletter, I, I made a mistake. I put I really get good treatment at hospitals. I rarely get good treatment. Uh, at hospitals, clinics, and doctors' offices. There are so many preconceived notions that black men must endure, mostly subliminal, in, a, in that space. And I know a lot of people are not going to like that I said that, but I honestly mean that when I go into a doctor's space, I have different treatment than others. And it's palpable and many, I'm not the only one that would tell you that. So just, just a, that's just a side note for the story here. Anyway, my blood pressure doctor was surprised that I wrote a glowing review on Google for him, actually. I pointed out to him that many of us do not get the proper care or patience from doctors. And he gave me that. And in giving me that, I wanted him acknowledged, which is what I did. I wrote a glaring review for him on Google, and he's the only person that I trust as far as my health is concerned at this point in time. Anyhow, the doctor sent me to the department. I'm talking about eye doctor now. The eye doctor sent me to the department where we discuss money. All right? Suffice it to say, suffice it to say, the upsell of my choices and the costs continue to prove we have a failed healthcare system. Worse, if you have a lot of money, we give you great healthcare. For the rest, they do the minimum. These are not bad people in that doctor's office that I went to at all. The indoctrination from a failed system is all they know. And if it's all they know, it's a system that's preached to them. It's the Powell Manifesto in action. If that's all they know, that's all they know. So let me tell you what happened. I go in there and the person says, okay, Mr. Willies, we have options for you. I said, okay. They said, option number one, it's where your insure, whatever your insurance pays, that's what the, that's the cost plus the insurance is 80-20. That's what your cost is going to be, the 20% of the fees for doing the job. I said, okay. I said, I can already know that the basic is what I'm going for. In other words, political activists, you know, we, we, we kind of, you know how it goes, Andrew. We try to do what? We kind of pinch our pennies, right? You know, so, so we make sure and pinch our pennies. Anyhow, 
Uh, the next option, however, was one that says, hey, but we can put some special lens in there. And for $2,500 per eye plus insurance, notice I said plus insurance, $2,000, $2,500 per eye. In other words, for $5,000 plus your insurance, whatever your insurance pays for the surgery, we can give you far vision and astigmatism control. I said, okay. And I smiled. And then they said, and then there's another option. Okay, what's the other option? $4,500 per eye. And guess what? You can see far, you can see near, and you get rid of the astigmatism, and you don't have to wear glasses. I said, okay, so now we're looking at $10,000 plus. Okay, for two eyes. And then she said, and then there is the Cadillac, which makes you see even further. Okay, $5,179 per the eye, per eye. So that is like $12,000 to fix my eye, right? Then she said, oh, uh, you know, your eye is a very important thing, you know? And I'm like, yeah, you have to sit in front of a computer. It's important. Glasses still work, right? Yeah. I said, I can go to Walmart or anywhere and get me a magnifying glass, put it on my eye. As long as I can see, I'm happy, man. I'll take the basic. And... I mean, she wasn't rude or anything, but you could see the disappointment in her face and that, you know, it's like, gosh, there goes the down sale. So I guess you're not going to, uh, you're not going to get, uh, get me my upsell cash. I'm sorry, ma'am. You know, that is not how our medical system should work at all. I mean, if so. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Somebody needs glasses. If somebody needs to get their cataract replaced, I think... First of all, you know, Andrew, the price, you know this, the price of that basic lens and the price of the manufacturing price of the lens that, that, um, that give you all this great vision, it's, it's marginally the same, mm -hmm. you know? Now, the difference is, yeah, research and development went in to create that glasses that can move with your eye better and give you better focus. I understand all of that, and I don't mind paying more for it. But to tell me, number one, that insurance doesn't pay for it, they call it a cosmetic charge, and then for you to charge me $12,000 for a piece of plastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I, I can't say that I've ever been to a doctor or any kind of healthcare professional where they've tried to upsell me on something, but I mean, I'm 24. I haven't had to, <laughs> I right. haven't had to pay for anything myself yet. Right. But it is a little bit horrifying that... Um, uh, they're, they're using the same tactics that, uh, my friend Mike on Thinkwing would be familiar with from his days as a, uh, washing machine salesman. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know if people, but I find it obscene that you go into a doctor's office and you negotiate pricing for your service based on what you can pay. Mm -hmm. I just find that inhumane. And, you know, we, we have so changed the focus of our mindset that things that we would in the past consider, how, how do you need? You remember, there's a time that you couldn't even advertise drugs because why would you advertise drugs when it should be a doctor choosing what's best for your particular case? Yeah, it was before my time, but I, I know of it, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're 24. You are 24. Yeah, but you know, there's a time you couldn't advertise drugs. There's a time, none of these things, and, and again, like, like I mentioned, there are certain things that do not belong 
in the public, I mean, in the private sector. It belongs in the public sector. And that's, I don't care whether you're a socialist, communist, capitalist, I don't care what, the, what you are. There are certain things that we, the people, should actually control. Folks, 713, wait a minute. Daniel Ledo in the chat says, KPFT Sedition Hour with Egberto Willis. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are in the, you know, we are in the sedition hour, I guess. You know, he's actually my right wing friend uh, who still refuses to accept that January 6th was a, an attempted coup of the United States. You know, but what can I say? Eric Hayes says, Egberto, the administration has not done one thing for real until there is a big issue. They will then gaslight and save a rather, you know, I mean, no administration has done anything for real. You're right, Eric. I mean, Biden hasn't thought about the rail except when he had to help the, the union workers, which I was for until he kind of caved and not give them the, the sick one day sick leave, not even one day of paid sick leave would these guys get. They've cut their, their staffing by 30 percent, 30 percent the railways. But anyway, that is the subject at hand. And I will start with the railways now. So here it goes. Make rails public like freeways. I repeat, make railways public like freeways. Freeways and roadways belong to the public, we the people. It gives us all equal access to travel throughout the country, right? But... Why are railways not owned by we the people as well? Why do we leave ourselves hostage to private companies, conglomerates of investors, to control transportation circulatory system, the transportation circulatory system? I, I want you to kind of eat on that for now so that I can then go to Colby and then we'll come back to finish this story. Colby, come on in, my brother, come on in. Uh, hey, Egberto. Talk uh, to me. Talk to you again. Thank you, sir. Uh, uh, yeah, well, you were just talking about, you know, uh, insurance and, and, and whatnot, and I just kind of wanted to weigh in on my two cents. Yes, that, sir. Uh, I, I think it's pretty silly mm -hmm. and, and obscene that um, uh, dental is not included as part of health care, even though, like, your mouth is literally where all, your sus all, of, all of what you are comes mm -hmm. through your mouth. Right. And... Um, and then it leads to, well, you know, like people going to Mexico to get, um, you know, operations done. And that's what happened just a few days ago when those people were uh, Got killed, shot right? up. Yeah. 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 Cool. And, uh, you know, I think people are outraged saying, oh, well, this is Biden's fault because he's not hard enough on cartels. But I'm thinking like, well, how about the fact that they were in Mexico to get dental work done? Exactly. Exactly. Look, let me tell you, Colby, um, we we need. Uh, everybody calling in and making, telling their story, their health care stories, their health scare stories, etc. And let me tell you why. Because anytime something happens to one person, I, I gave you my cataract story. A lot of people, the way the, the way the system works, right, Colby, is we try to isolate everybody from each other. That's number one. Number two, we try to also isolate groups from each other. And in keeping all these folks separated from each other, we don't see our common humanity. And our common humanity goes right there that you're talking about, dental. We all have dental issues. How come we can support having insurance without supporting dental as a part, as a mandatory part of it, having your vision as a mandatory part of it, having your hearing as a mandatory part of it. I could easily say somebody have bad hearings will not hear a car. They get hit by a truck. That costs more in the long run. I could use the same argument for eyes. I could use the same argument for teeth, not being able to get la alimentación correctamente, the, the correct alimentation, the correct nutri nutrition, right? I could say that. So you're absolutely right. All these things should be covered by insurance, but more importantly, it shouldn't be covered by some private insurance company who makes a buck off of everything you spend. It should all of our money should go into a big pool, and then whoever is unlucky to get sick, they're taken care of cien por ciento, one hundred percent. Is that so difficult to understand, Colby? Oh, I agree with you. I don't. I don't think people should be profiting off of my well-being. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you know what? You, let, me, let me correct that, though, respectfully. 
they're profiting off of you being sick. So there's no incentive for you to really get better, right? Think about it. If you're not sick, these folks don't make money. Now, people get naturally sick, right? And uh, if, think about if we didn't have a for-profit motive in healthcare, then what would be promoted is a government that tries to promote nutrition, a government that tries to promote exercise, a government that tries to do all these things that then that creates a help a healthier, happier person, as we see in the in the Nordic countries or the Scandinavian countries, right? I mean, I mean, well, they they would profit off of me if I were paying hundreds of dollars a month and I never went to a doctor. Yeah, but you know, I I, I don't even want that. I want look. Do you complain about paying your social security taxes when you work for however many decades you worked for? You've just... Oh, no. You paid it, right? So why not... Yeah. And, and, and you also paid another thing called Medicare, all right? Every, mm -hmm. in your, every time you got your paycheck, a piece of that paycheck went to pay for Medicare from the time you started working. The only difference with this is that Medicare doesn't kick in until 65 and social security doesn't kick in until... Uh, until 62. Now, here's my contention. My contention is instead of the 3% or so that we pay for Medicare, why not have it 7, 8% for Medicare and have it be our insurance policy completely devoid of the private sector, which has to pay the big insurance company executives and, and database control and hardware control and advertise. I mean, there's so much of your your insurance dollar that goes to pay a whole bunch of people that don't really need to be paid and for a lot of mm -hmm. services that aren't needed. I mean, this is not rocket science. There's nothing special about what I'm saying. and It doesn't re require a lot of intellect, but what it does require to do it the way we are doing is a bunch of people that have been hoodwinked, which is what we do very well in this country, hoodwink our people. Yeah. Anything else yeah, you want to add, sir? Uh, yeah, I just want to add one more thing. I know, like, uh, when people talk about the cost of healthcare and taking care of everybody, uh, people, you know, start throwing around, like, well, you know, you need the profits and this and that to expand. And I'm thinking, you know, uh, if it's uh, universal healthcare, it doesn't have to be profitable. It right. Doesn't, uh, the military is not profitable. Exactly. Uh, Actually, the military you know, is super wasteful. Exactly, but it's, if, we're, if we're all contributing, we should all benefit. Absolutely, and and you know you know you know when you just talked about profit, it has to be profitable so that we get new research, right? That's the biggest fallacy out there. Because here's a kicker: most of our inventions, most of our development, most of our research is paid for by guess who, Colby? You. Your taxpayer dollar goes into the University of Texas, the University of Idaho, the University of Florida, the University of Kentucky, the University of California. All these research dollars from the NIH and all, and the Department of Energy and the Department of Transportation and all those guys, all their monies go for research in these different areas, right? But here's the kicker. Those guys are the first defense. In other words, they figure out things that aren't going to work. And as soon as they find something that seems like it's going to work, here comes private companies. They buy out the patent, give the school a little bit of money, and then they, they make a ton of money on our backs and then own the patent. Right? You know, these are things the average American citizen isn't aware of. These are things that I blame our politicians for not letting our average American citizen know so that they can vote appropriately and say, wait a minute. We won't lose innovation if we went for Medicare for all a nonprofit healthcare system because right now the innovation occurs not out of the dollars of the corporatocracy. It actually occurs out of the dollars from your taxpayer money. Even the corporations get grants. Even corporations, Moderna, Moderna, the developer of the COVID vaccine, their research, the, RMA, R, the R, mRNA uh, technology, came out of your pocket. And then, now they want to charge us a hundred and something for each vaccine, even as they had sold it for 20-something bucks a shot to the government. Who created it in the first place? It's amazing. But most Americans don't know this. That's why we have KPFT, 713-526-5738, extension number two. And for those detractors, everything that I say, I welcome people to fact 
check me. Fact, you won't hear Hannity and any one of these guys tell you, fact, check me. I'm telling you, fact, whoops, fact, check me. All right? It's not a problem. Fact, check me. All right. Uh, and, and the other thing that they do is they lie to you. Here's uh, uh, Eric Hayes says, the mRNA vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting COVID, right? It prevents some people from getting COVID, and it makes COVID bearable to others, and it prevents death in probably 99.9% of folks unless they had some serious disease. Folks, you have to stop allowing uh, the Powell memo to make many of us less intelligent. It is so important that we stop allowing these people who would profit from our ignorance to continue to profit from our ignorance. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's essential for our survival. It is completely essential for survival. 713-526-5738, extension number two. 713-526-5738, extension number two, extension numero dos. All right, it looks like we have another caller, Senor Ray, on socialized medicine. Whenever uh, Brother Andrew is done taking that up and taking all the information, he'll, he'll be ready. So, um, anyhow, oh, we lost him. Anyhow, Ray, give us a call back. Sorry for that, Ray. Ray, I'm sorry for that. Give us a call back, and Andrew will be ready to take that up. That's, it just happens here. It's not the fastest system that we have here. 713-526-573. We need need an automated type of a a phone system, but we can't afford that right now until you guys give us a hell of a lot more money so that we can can handle our calls a little bit more efficiently because it's difficult. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And when we have somebody uh, uh, like like, uh, Andrew in the studio trying to do engineering and at the same time answering phones it's a very difficult task so thank you so kindly for what you're doing with us uh, andrew because again it's not an easy job all right ray come on in brother let's go ahead and talk to ray talk to me ray oh hey how's it going i'm doing uh, fine no this this ain't rick i'm uh matthew okay matthew I'm come on. on in matthew ray call back hey. ray call back matthew talk to me no problem um so i listen i've been listening since this morning Yes, sir. Actually, now uh, the guy where you can call in—I forget his name. Yeah, you talk, yeah. Steve Hunter. Yeah, yeah, you talk. Good yeah. guy. Yeah. And the music. Yeah. But I haven't heard one hundred percent. Has anybody talked about how um, Matt Taibbi and Mike—forget uh, his last name—was treated yesterday in front of Congress about the Twitter file? Right. Yes. I, I. You know, I didn't see Matt Taibbi on on the show, but I understand there were some issues between. Uh, I, I no, think he was even on the show. He was on. He was. No, a, no, no. I'm talking about in, in, on the hearing. The hearing. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. The hearing. Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, what, what's your thoughts? Yeah. Let me let me hear your thoughts. Well, man, that, I think he was done completely wrong. By whom? Completely wrong. And I look by the. I'm a Bernie Sanders, Bernie a bus. That's mm-hmm. where I come from. Right. You know, uh, I hesitated to vote for. Hillary, but I went ahead and did. Mm-hmm. But just how this party's been acting is totally uncalled for. I mean, truth has authority. There's no reason why he should have been called a so-called journalist. He has, I think, ten books. Yeah. No, now, Taibbi, he's, I, a, he's, a, he's been on Democracy Now. He's yes. pretty left. Yes, he but is. Because he exposed something that they're not in agreement with, which happened with Snowden. You know, Bush was against uh, yeah. that, and um, uh, what's his other guy? Julian Assad. So 
they're playing the same card where if you expose our truth, you're a Trump supporter or you're a socialist or I mean, we need to get away from that. You know, I, I agree with you there. to some extent, but let me just talk about Taibi. And I, I didn't see that. I'm sorry. I can't talk about the hearing because while I watched uh, the hearing on the uh, the banking committee, I didn't see the hearing uh, on that. That, yeah. that is a, yeah, there's a couple of hearings. Yeah, they just had them going like crazy. Now, um, some of my left brothers sometimes uh, concern me in the way they come on the uh, the way they come across. And I, like I said, I didn't see this hearing, so I'm, I'm speaking sort of in general right now. And then you can tell me if I'm hitting the mark or not. But um, what I find is that if uh, on the left side, if you are not 100% in sync, and this goes for whether you're a moderate left or a far left. Uh, whenever you're not in sync, you are always ready to fight each other. Okay, always ready to fight. And that creates an issue with left-leaning left policy, etc. I, was I wasn't only a Bernie fan. I wasn't only a Bernie supporter. I actually represented Bernie in Philadelphia. I was a delegate. Okay. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah. So I was actually a delegate and I support the guy wholeheartedly. However, that doesn't stop me from supporting a, and I'm taking my host hat off for a second here, folks, because, you know, I, I, I have to in this case, but, um, that didn't stop me from saying, uh, I will, I, I will go with a Biden. I will go with a Hillary. And you just said you did the same too. So it seems to me listening to you, that you are, I don't know what your ideology, if you're more left than my, me or not, it's very hard to be more left than I am, but um, I don't even think you're more left than I am, Andrew. I'm sorry, Andrew. No, I'm not. No, I'm talking about Andrew now. I'm talking, oh. <laughs> Andrew in here, you know, <laughs> but, but yeah, so, but I come across differently in, in that I want to build bridges among groups. I do believe the ideology on the left is what, it's the more humane ideology. Now, when it comes to what Taibi got hit for, I am not sure. So please tell me. Well, first, the very first uh, representative from uh, Virgin Islands, one of those yeah. non-U.S. territory, who's not even a real congressperson, but anyway, she called him a so-called terrorist. And then the other one, Schultz, was... Um, you mean a so-called journalist? Yeah, a so-called journalist, sorry. Okay. And uh, the other one, uh, Schultz, she just was didn't even address like, what was revealed in the Twitter files, which I think there's a lot of truth there. It can't be skewed by either party about mm -hmm. it's fake or, it's, you know, see, we've been telling y'all for all these years, you know, they're attacking conservatives. Whatever the case, I think there's this guy has a reputable reputable uh history of of you know doing deep you know research dives, real yeah. journalism which yeah. which is hard to do these days because people just get information from hearsay on twitter twitter of all places or they see a clip and then they just run with it without even doing real research real you know three in the morning drinking coffee watching mm -hmm. somebody about you know from coming out of the bank and what's going on looking up public record records i mean that taibi does all of that as, yeah he does that he, yes, he's he does. really like into that and um i don't know i just didn't like how they you know well let, let me the way, these past three years these past three years i i think i've i never claimed to be more conservative but i feel like i'm more conservative Mm -hmm. But I don't want to, because in the cause yesterday I was like supporting how these Republicans were, you know, trying to get to the truth of things, asking serious questions, not about did you get paid for doing your job? Well, yeah, everybody gets paid for doing your job. You know, it, it's it's that was one of the comments Schultz made. Like, did he make a profit from this investigation? Right. Um, you know, journalists don't reveal their sources. Well, because he didn't, he was accused that he, uh, you know, he he. That uh, what are, what's that guy's uh, Elon Musk? Was Elon Musk, yeah. No, no, let me let me just. No, uh, that's not. That's oh, not fair. I don't think it's fair. It, well, I I don't think it's fair at all in in that regards. But let me just tell you again, there you have to be careful that you're not falling into the. And I'm not even talking about Republican or conservative. I'm talking that we have to be careful. That we are not falling into the uh, the plutocracy's game and what happens with oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what happens with Ty because the plutocracy owns them both okay uh, when you when you talk about uh, when you talk about the, the neoliberal Democrats or you talk about the MAGA Republicans they're owned by the same darn people 
Okay. Yes. Uh, yes they're yes, owned yes. by the same people. There's no doubt about that. What I don't want to occur, Matt, is for us to say, like you make make a comment, and I don't know how serious you're about it. Like, oh, I'm becoming a conservative because of I kind of agreed with some of the question, and I. No, no, no I'm, I'm not becoming. I, I I felt when I was watching part of this hearing, mm-hmm. I was agreeing with the Republicans. I'm like. This is not me. Right. And here's, here's the scary but, part but for me. Put, but then I, I, put, mm-hmm. I put my personal you know, ideology to the side and be like, well, they're asking a legit question. Right. I mean, this is what we need to find out. Right. I mean, I, if it makes us look bad by asking uh, whatever questions that are not even relevant, then, then that's on us. I am going to go look up that uh, hearing because now you have me all. Yeah, now you have me all interested in finding out what the hell you're talking about, Matt. Okay, because I want yeah. to go see it now. Yeah. So, but but here's it. I didn't see it, so I'm sorry I can't make an intelligent comment about it. But the one thing that I want to leave in the ethos is that let's be careful. Look, uh, th- that the side that those Republicans on that committee are on is a bat. You know what? Crazy group. That's who they are. And, you know, a clock is right twice a day, even a clock that's not working. It's right twice a day. And uh, I, I want I want folks who are listening to you saying, hey, the Republicans were asking the right questions. That may be the, that may be that. Well, if you say it, I'm going to say that's true. But let's be careful how we handle it in the, in the you know, how, how we interpret it. In the, I guess is what I would, would say. And my guard was up. Right after you know the the very first Republican started, you know, uh, it was a female. I believe I I don't know. I don't know that party too well, but mm-hmm. I, my guard was up. Was like don't agree, don't agree. You right. know, they're 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 this, they're that, they're election denier. But my, with my even with my guard being up, I had to right. like check myself, as I used to say, check yourself before you wreck yourself, yeah. and say. Okay, that's a legit question. Now, whatever their intentions, the true intentions, who they were tied to, mm-hmm. Koch brothers or whatever, that question was more legitimate than being accused of being a I, I, so-called journalist. Beta, they, so she should have to, never you, said you, that. You'll kind of see what I'm No, let, to make. I know Taibi. I know Taibi. Yeah, I actually know Taibi. Now, I mean, how? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. And what I'm saying is you're, you're absolutely right, Matt, first of all. You're absolutely right. She should not have said so-called journalist. Taibi is a well-known journalist. Maybe he's wrong about this particular issue. I don't know. I haven't seen it. But he is a journalist, and we shouldn't do that. You're absolutely right, sir. But All right. Well, thank you. Thank you time. so kindly, Matt. All right. Let's go ahead and bring Tori into the project. Tori, come on in. What's up, brother? And wait, um, hold on, Terry. Hey, Ray, we accidentally dropped you. If you're still listening, please call back. You always have stuff to add to the program. Thank you, Ray. Come on in, Terry. Um, you know, some people are saying this isn't a left-right issue. And just to put a little kind of fine point on it, you know, for a long time now, over 150 years, there's been two trends in the left. Mm-hmm. And there's an authoritarian trend and a libertarian trend. Right. You know, those that want a dictatorship of the proletariat. Right. And, uh, you know, proclivities towards the old Cold War Soviet Union because they were fighting U.S. imperialism. And then uh, there's the libertarian trend in the left, which goes, you know, Chomsky's part of that and it goes back to Bakunin and all those folks. Right. And so uh, it really, uh, when it comes to Taibbi, you know, he lived in Russia and he's got a soft spot for the culture. Mm-hmm. And that's completely outside of the you know left-right spectrum when you have uh, an affinity for a particular culture. And there's right. lots of love about Russian culture. And Matt Taibbi loves it. And some people, you know, the lines get blurred. You know, there's a lot of people that have been on Democracy Now! that, you know, been for, you know former CIA agents that spent their life in Russia. You know, and they wind up having Russian families and friends and right. love the culture. There's not a problem with that. But then it gets really confused because people don't draw these distinctions, you know, you know, in their brains all that well, and they get sucked into this, uh, uh, you know, uh, affinity for authoritarianism. So, are you familiar with what? Are you familiar with what Matt was talking about with regards to Matt Taibbi? Uh, no, because I quit following. I loved Taibbi for years, and as soon as I was this, uh, you know, this stuff happened in Syria with Russia and then Ukraine. I stopped following Taibbi because he's a Russophile, and he stopped being a journalist. 
because he's biased. He's, you know, like a lot of these old mm-hmm. uh, Cold War leftover folks, you know, folks in the left, friends and family of mine, that, get, you know, they yeah. still have this soft spot for this authoritarianism All right. that was Soviet, and now it's Russian. And they just can't get over it. Hey, Tori, um, uh, uh, the, the lines are starting to heat up. So let me just yeah, tell you one go. thing. I, I thank you for calling. And don't forget, Monday we got something special for, oh, yeah. for coming in. All right? Sure. Take care, buddy. Bye. All right. Let's go to Ray, line number one. Ray, sorry about yeah. dropping you. We had a little accident here, sir. How you doing? Hey, Akuna Matata. Uh, <laughs> <Akuna> Matata. <laughs> Talk no to worries. me, brother. Uh-huh. So, um... I basically wanted to just say, like, what you said earlier about the insurance premium. Mm-hmm. I just want to, like, give people a, a scenario. And it's not radical idea. Imagine a, a world if you work for a living mm-hmm. and you have a paycheck mm-hmm. and you have to pay a premium of your paycheck to an insurance company. Imagine a day where that premium would just disappear. You might see a slight increase in your Medicare, but you don't have to, you don't have to keep on figuring out which insurance company is going to screw you every single year. Right. So when they talk about if you love your insurance, you can keep your insurance. That's bull because I have had to change my insurance a few times, including the ones I really like. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Thank you very much for that, Ray. I mean, I think that's important for people to see that the real freedom comes from a single payer system. That's what gives you real freedom in the healthcare market, because then you have the choice of what doctors to see. You don't have to wait for some insurance company to determine which group of doctors you can see as opposed to where you really want to go. And I thought it was very poor marketing. And I think on purpose by too many Democrats in those days that they didn't point out that the that the freedom came with single payer. The freedom came with a public option. The freedom was lost when you turn your soul over to the private sector and insurance company who then held you hostage. I think that was a a poor choice on our part in the way we marketed, sir. And the way you just the, the way you just said it is better than any of those neoliberal Democrats said it during the uh, Affordable Care Act, meaning Obamacare debate. Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, it makes me think like Nye said. There Imagine a world, you know, if mm. I rule the world. Imagine. <laughs> that's what I And that's what I want. Imagine that. that. You know, uh, 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 at, the, at the, the threat of just plugging, some, well, I'm not plugging it. I'm just saying a reality. I wrote a book called uh, How to Make America Utopia. I get rid of the people who rigged it. It's, it and, and the reason I wrote that was to tell people just what you just said. Imagine. Imagine, you, I listed all these different issues here, and then we said, imagine, imagine if we did this. And you know what? The money is there to do it. Unfortunately, they lie to you, and we have bought into the lie. Thank you, Ray, for calling. I got to get to Barry. All right? All right, brother Barry. All right. Thank you. I know you go. <laughs> I love Barry. Thank you very much, my brother. All right, love All right, you, take care. Love you, man. Hey, come on in, Barry. How you doing, sir? Barry! Look, look who's here, my favorite bleeding hard liberal. And you know why what? I people, First, first of all, Barry, why, Barry. Why are people afraid? Before you talk, I just sure. wanted to... I have the floor. No, I want to say something to you first, sir. I want to say, I've missed you. Where have you been? Okay. Why are people, when they call in, they're afraid <laughs> to say, I might be agreeing with the Republicans? Suppose the Republicans are right. And they were right, wait a minute, they were right recently when they joined, 31 Democrats joined the Republican Party to deny Washington, D.C.'s appeal to weaken the laws mm. against carjacking and murder. Wow. Because too many, because too many poor little things of color are going to jail. But what about wow. the poor little things of color obeying the laws? Wow. You know, I, huh. you know why I'm glad you brought that up? Because I didn't, yes. write, I didn't write about that one last night. But I really wanted to. I don't to. believe that. I the know, Democrats, but, are, Democrats have grown a pair now. Yes. You know, I didn't write about that last night, right, Barry? Yeah, but yeah. let me tell you what I wanted to say about that because I actually have an answer to that, right? Let me tell you yeah. what that group of people did. The, the reason why uh, all what those... What they Dem- did was they voted with the Republicans. Yeah. Can I, may I answer you, sir? Answer me then. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate your, you giving me an option to speak on my own show, but thank you so kindly. And it goes like this, Barry. I wanted somebody to bring that up for this reason. And here it goes. The, lo- the way the law was implemented, let's say for carjacking, etc., 
the, um, the the way hold on this this has nothing to do this no racial stuff nothing none of that here's what i'm saying in reality uh by keeping the status quo they have made crime worse and let me explain when it comes to carjacking even as carjacking in the old law gave people more years in prison as a max than the new law what the new law did was became uh, it, it looked at what the old, how the old law was implemented, meaning nobody ever got the maximum. Nobody ever served the maximum. And what they codified into law was what was actually being given for that particular thing. So in reality, technically speaking, the, the maximum that, that we had on the new law was more than what the actual amount of time these people were actually getting in jail. But we can go over and over and on other issues as well. The reality is Biden did this for one specific reason. Uh, Biden and the 31 Democrats that voted with the other senators did it because they couldn't market what the blowback that was going to come from you, Barry. They, know they that did it because it was the right thing to do. It was the wrong thing to do. You know, let me. No, add, no it, was the right, it was the right thing to do. I want criminals. I want all criminals locked up and all murders executed. But the crimin it's the, the criminality wasn't the issue. The issue was. Criminal, what was the issue? The let issue me, was the time. Let me know. Hold on. Let me tell you. The issue was democracy. And it's amazing that you guys selectively choose democracy. democracy. Let me explain. The issue was democracy. Remember this, okay? Uh, the there is the people in. D.C., they voted what they wanted to do, all right? They voted what they wanted to do. We had the... the um, uh, hold on. The we the had the omnipotent of the Congress who, because the District of Columbia is a special area, they right. decided to override the will yes. of the people. And what they I'm saying... Grow, grow a pair, right? Wait, they decide... No, it's not growing a pair. It's being, it's being <laughs> a fascist, what you supposedly don't like. It's they being, decided... It's, it's, no, it's public policy. Okay, let me ask you this. As an issue, sir, as an issue, don't you believe in state rights? You. I believe criminals should be locked up. Wait, wait, Barry, we're talking legal terms here, sir. Okay, why D.C. is not a state... I, I got that. And what I'm okay, saying. Okay, then the state's rights don't apply. But, but you're complicating the whole thing. You're no, I'm not. Thing. No, local. Wait, I, I, you did. They didn't, voted to. Barry. Barry, Barry, silencio. Silencio. Listen to me. Okay? Listen to me. I have, I have Barry, silencio. If you, if, you, if you stop talking, listen to me, you can leave the call quicker. Okay? Here we go. Uh, here's what we want. Local control is what Republicans believe in until they don't want local control. Let's just remember that. Right. Okay, so go ahead and tell me what the last before I let you go. Go ahead. Uh, okay, uh, Mr. Biden, yes. put up this wall. <laughs> okay. Thank okay. you, Barry. Signing out. Love you. you, Barry. Have a good one. Take care. All right. <laughs> By the way, Barry has his fans in my in the PDR Posse. We have a on online our chat group that goes ahead and follows all of this. And the conservatives in my group love Barry. So Barry, you have a fan base in the uh, Politics Done Right Posse. You should probably consider joining the Politics Done Right Posse. Just go to the chat, become a chatter in the PDR Posse. Anyhow, folks, um, let's see where are we at? We're at fifty-one. I can finish that story. Uh, but anyway, the, the telephone number is 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Extension numero dos. Extension number two. All right. I was on, I, I, I did the job story. I did the cataract story. And I was doing the rail story. I'm going to go through that r rather quickly. So please listen up, my dear brothers and sisters. It goes like this. Make rails public like freeways. Freeways and our roadways belong to the public. It gives us all equal access to travel throughout the country. Why are railways not owned by we the people as well? Why do we leave ourselves hostage to private companies, conglomerate investors to control our transportation circulatory system? I believe in a real free enterprise and real democracy. Capitalism is neither. After all, the largest capitalist country is a communist country. That would be China. It is a capitalist country. And many other capitalist countries are entering the next stage, which mathematically was not hard to predict. Fascism. 
That is the second option available to any system that bleeds the masses. Remember that. Free enterprise means that all have equal opportunities to build their own economies without restrictions from not having healthcare, energy, transportation, and a basic income. I, I, I detail a lot of this in several of my newsletters. And like I told a caller earlier, I wrote a book on this stuff called How to Make America Utopia. And I did my research on all the options in there, my brothers. Having our railways a vital part of our economy in the private sector illustrates an important reality. Our safety and much more are placed in competition with corporate profits, stock appreciation. I was pleasantly surprised that one of my favorite columnists, John Nichols, wrote about rail workers clamoring for we the people control of our railways. He published the article, Why Railway Workers Are Calling for a Nationalized Rail System, which expresses the sentiment. And it goes as follows. If the derailment of a Norfolk Southern train carrying hazardous material in East Palestine, Ohio, tells us anything, it is that corporate CEOs, billionaire speculators, and profit-hungry investors who control America's transportation systems are not up to the job of running railroads. As Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown told CNN, there is no question that the railroad company caused it with this derailment because they underinvested in their employees. Brown's angry with the railroad corporations. They never look out for their workers. They never look out for their communities. They look out for stock buybacks and dividends, he said. Something's wrong with corporate America and something's wrong with Congress and administration listening too much to corporate lobbyists. That's got to change. But what should the change be? Railroad Workers United and Interunion Solidarity Caucus of rank-and-file railroad workers that has championed workers and community safety is making the case that since the North American private rail industry has shown itself incapable of doing the job, it is time for this invaluable transportation infrastructure, like other transport modes, to be brought under public ownership, which I agree with 100%. Railroads are systemically destroying the freight system, explained Ross Gooders, a locomotive engineer who co-chairs RWU. We need public ownership of this critical infrastructure to correct freight railroads problems, just like all other U.S. transportation infrastructure and other rail systems around the world. RWU's argument for public ownership explains that corporate speculators have in their pursuit of profits put the industry on an irresponsible trajectory to the detriment of shippers, passengers, commuters, trackside communities, and workers. If you doubt that, look at over a hundred trail, a hundred of these, these uh, carts were derailed this week alone. Think about it. All these derailments, that's your products coming from all over the world and all over the country being spurred all over America's flatlands. Ah, that's the private sector for you. The group de detailed a litany of issues. On-time performance is in the toilet. Shipper complaints are at all-time highs. Passenger trains are chronically late. Commuter services are threatened. And the rail industry is hostile to practically any passenger expansion. The workforce has been decimated as jobs have been eliminated, consolidated, and contracted out, ushering in a new previously unheard era. So folks, it is time for us to examine what parts of our economy belong in the commons and what parts belong in the free enterprise sector. I am a free enterprise believer. I'm a democracy believer. I believe in all these things that give and um, empower everybody. But I need you to understand this. The CEO of Norfolk Southern went to Congress yesterday and he, they said, are you going to make people whole? Are you going to pay them back for what they've lost? And his answer was non-committal. You destroy a community. You infect the community. You pollute a community. And then one asks you, are you going to make that community 
empty hole and you can't give an answer that says yes. Folks, we are getting close to the end of the show. We've got one minute left and I want to thank all of you for showing up in the in the chat. We have Daniel Ledo, Eric Hayes, E2247, Lee Grant, Alistair Waters, Daniel Ledo, everybody, thank you guys for being in there and chatting as well. I need to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right and you guys know how I end this. Baby, I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.